This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. This is Michael Connolly, your host from CPR Group and joining me as usual, albeit a few weeks later, is Steve Connolly. Hello, Steve. You're back with us again. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing like a good dad joke. Yes, I've been out of action. Hang on, hang on. Don't give me credit. That was a shit dad joke. <laughs> is there anything else? Is there any other kind of dad joke? Uh, I've been really looking forward to getting back in the podcast seat and having a chat. It's been too long and the I'm not going to say excuse, but the reason is uh, for the reason for our disruption to our great role on which we were is yes, I went into hospital and got pulled apart and put back together again. Uh, at least my spine did. So now I'm in, I'm a bionic man and moving freely and able to sit here comfortably in the seat and have a good old chin wag with you <laughs> rather than creaking and moaning and then sitting there for half an hour or well what our <laughs> listeners probably don't know is that we sit here for a lot longer than the, <laughs> the episode and they go gee that was a long episode it was like 43 minutes or something what you don't know is that there was a lot more of it there was a lot more shit spoken up. yes oh, my back it really hurts <laughs> So Steve hurt his back doing stupid things, not sport. Of course, I always assumed that it was too much effort in the gym, but it was yoinking out palm trees or something, wasn't it? You... Initially, yeah, it was. If you're doing any gardening and you uh, have a what you think is a great idea to lift. Uh, While heavy, twisting and jerking. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, heavy things into the back of a ute. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> that's why God invented backhoes and excavators, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could go so many places, uh, <laughs> all of which would be, yes, terrible dad jokes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, backs are one of those things, though, that, you know, to all of our sporting listeners, and I'm sure plenty of them have had problematic backs in the past. You certainly have. I know, you know, oh, some yeah. ago you were laid up for months. Yeah, but that was showing off on a water ski. It's better than <laughs> lifting palm trees, <laughs> palm roots, yeah. I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, such a an irksome injury because you look fine you don't have crutches you don't have a knee brace yet you're hobbling around getting in and out of the car is difficult tying your shoelace is difficult and you you generally don't get a lot of sympathy for a bad back so yeah, yeah. <laughs> steve dropped a grape or something in the kitchen the other day and I, I watched him pick it up, you know. and you know when a, a very very heavy heavily pregnant woman bends down and there's no bending it's just you've got to like it's almost like a like ballerina style where you've just got to get down with an absolutely straight back that, that was what he did just gently holding the wall as he went down picked up the grape and then stood up again, all this, the same motion in reverse. But it's funny how you take your a healthy back for granted. So our yeah. sympathy goes out to anyone else who's Absolutely. suffering from a sore back. It's But it is great to see you upright again and with a charming smile on your face and chuckling at my dad jokes politely. It's great to see me upright, <laughs> even when you're picking up grapes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a question for you, Steve. Hit me. Make a, Not so, in the back. <laughs> <laughs> how do you poach a jock? <laughs> that's, that's where I'd like to start. So a few weeks ago, in fact, just before or just after you went under the knife, a story came out in the Courier Mail and the, the headline read, School Jock Poaching War. So I read into it. Now, the story here, to give you a, a bit of context, it, 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 just a spoiler alert, the story here is completely unimportant, but I'm going to share it because it's a little bit funny. So there's 
a number of different school sports associations, each which each of which has a number of members that gives you a good sporting competition in the sports in which they participate. So for instance, we're going to start here with the GPS, the Great Public School, hang on, what's its proper name? The Great Public Schools Association. Yeah, I believe that's it, including the word the, pretty sure the legal name is the. The Great Public Schools Association of Queensland Incorporated, established in 1918. There you go. Colloquially known as GPS. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, yeah, there's a bunch of GPS schools and they are, would it be appropriate to say, uh, look, I won't say elite or high class or anything. I'll just say freaking expensive schools. If you've got boys and you want to send them, boys or girls for some of them, if you want to send them there. So there's Ipswich Grammar, Grammar, Terra. I'll just give you the colloquial name, Terrace, Toowoomba Grammar, Nudgee, TSS, BBC, Churchy, and Brisbane State High. Those are the schools that are members. We'll say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What a lovely number to have eight, 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 nine teams in the competition. So each round you've got four games and somebody gets a bye. So it makes it makes for a nice sporting competition number. Then you've got other competitions, like another one is called AIC, which is the Association of Independent Colleges. I think, is that the name of that one? Associated Independent Colleges. Associated. Yeah. So they're another incorporated association. I should have done my homework just a little bit better. Like I've got all farm or farm. I got yeah, watching me stumble over the names of incorporated (laughs) associations. My humblest of apologies to the principals at all of the schools concerned. Actually, no, because I'm about to hang some shit on you all. So the story (laughs) goes, the story goes that starting approximately 10 years ago, yes. So communication in 2013 is in this letter. School, they established protocols between these two associations. They were just going to use these two because that's what the shit fight in the media was about. So this is a lovely article written by Stephanie Bennett on the 17th of March, 2022. And it was an interesting story about how the long and short of it is that the GPS schools were going and watching AIC competition. So AIC GPS would be a higher level of competition. And a lot of those schools have kids on scholarships who are very, very talented athletes and they do their funky thing and, and ideally then win premierships, which then is a, is a recruitment strategy for those schools. So it, it kind of makes sense from a business perspective. But the long and short of it is that some GPS people were going to watch AIC games and then headhunting slash poaching talented athletes from AIC schools and trying to encourage them with scholarships over to GPS schools. These scholarships sometimes didn't only include a scholarship for the player themselves, but also their siblings. So when you're talking school fees up to 30 grand a year, now to put my age in a bit of context, Steve, I paid $11,000 for a four-year degree with honours. That was my total hex bill at the time. And so there are parents who are paying for multiple kids, multiple times that amount of money. So if you can score that on scholarship, it is a fairly attractive offer. So scholarships, just quickly to jump in, my understanding is that scholarships are quite a common thing in these schools, both GPS, AIC, as well as the other private schools in, you know, well, all over the place, but it's not, uh, it's not out of place, is it? That kids get recruited to these schools for their sporting prowess on a scholarship. And then you understand why rugby clubs, for instance, struggle in school rugby season because the talented boys who are on scholarships at the elite private schools 
are not allowed to go and play club rugby for risk of injury because hang on a minute, we own you son. So yep. you are playing for us and no one else because we can't afford you to be injured and therefore not be our star player or a star player in our yes. team. So yes, it makes sense. And some of the schools, Steve, make a, a conscious choice not to offer scholarships okay. in the same way that some teams in elite football competitions, for instance, have elected not to pay win fees or player fees at all. It's So this is a point of difference for those schools? For some of mentioned? those schools. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's... It, look, it also brings up... Maybe that's where, a way of explaining why they suck on the sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's because we don't pay anyone. You we don't pay any Science and maths, man. <laughs> and, look, that, and that's why it's, it's how does school, how does sport fit into school philosophically? What's the, the role that sport plays? Now, you and I both know working in the industry for so long that it's about it's about everything it's the it's the whole person yep. sport teaches you discipline it teaches it you know notwithstanding all the physical benefits when you are active and have a healthy body it's not uncommon for you to also have a very active and healthy mind how often is it that the ducks or school school captains are very talented yeah athletes but they also play in the main concert bands or the main symphony orchestras and they also do incredibly well at academically yep so it, you know, this is fairly well documented that you're active physically, you're active mentally. Yep. So there, these and it look at it came became a bit of a a bit of a slinging match, slinging match, slinging match. They're hanging shit in shit on each other publicly. These two associations, and it, and I just so look that that's the background. Now can I get so through the hold on so through over the course of the last what eleven years since twenty thirteen, there's been a bit of a public 13 slanging match as there 13 plus it's culminated in four is it 2024 no it's nine, 22 so nine, yeah. thanks. nine to ten thanks so steve, <laughs> i was really good at sport <laughs> <laughs> so steve is a great example of why being good at sport doesn't mean necessarily that you're very good at maths yes 10 minus one is nine not 10 plus one anyway so yes <laughs> but look at look that though there are plenty of plenty of whole podcast episode discussions just in that and i think that's interesting but can i get to my point of <laughs> hanging some shit now or is it do you want some more backstory <laughs> go on give me okay. give me the punchline <laughs> it's not well now you've set me up it's not going to be a punchline <laughs> I, the, the point here is that like i said we've got the leaders of what are arguably you know on both sides there's another nine in, in aic so we've got 18 okay really really good schools from southeast queensland so the, the schools in aic are padua iona oh no sorry there's two from iona so that's uh, marist st eddie's at ipswich st laurie's in the city uh st patrick's in intrapilly villanova and st peter's lutheran college sorry st patrick's is up north st peter's is in intrapilly so there's another eight schools there so we've got 17 schools having a public fight now there's <laughs> There's no way that I can imagine the names that I'm looking at as the principals of these schools who are the representative of the schools when it comes to the membership of these incorporated yep. associations. There's no way that I couldn't imagine this sort of behaviour, this blatant, this blatantly in the media, which is basically like kids chucking the toys out of the sandpit. Mm. So my understanding is that AIC wrote to GPS to say, please don't do that. We've asked you about it 10 years ago. We came to an agreement that both of us have been pretty good at honoring. And now you're going back on that and sending 
scouts to our games and then poaching our students without realizing the impact that that has on the, the, the boy themselves, specifically because we're talking about boys competition here, mm-hmm. their family and the hole that it can leave in the school. So if you go and poach a kid who, okay, plays for the first, whatever, first 11, first 11, first 15, first four, whatever, but you don't realize that that kid is also the principal oboist in the symphony orchestra and is also the chair, the captain of the chess team. What impact does that have on the rest of that, that boys academics and that boys extracurricular activities and this, the, the parents and look, obviously the parents make the decision that they weigh all of that up before agreeing to move on a scholarship or not, but also the hole that it leaves in the school. We've got to backfill lots of positions just because we've lost a talented rugby, volleyball, football, whatever player. Mm. So it, that, look, that's important. And that was the, the tone of the letter that one side wrote, that AIC wrote to GPS. And as I understand, GPS have just basically gone, well, we're not even going to write back to you. And that's what it, that's what it seems like. And that's what it says in the newspaper. You know, it just it must be like true then. Freaking, I did see it on Facebook as well. So that means <laughs> it's true. But you can imagine that they wouldn't, as principals, be in an argument like that. They would sit around at a conference learning about the next greatest thing in education. And they all would, together, you mean? All, yeah, all together. But they yeah. are happy to do it as an incorporated association. So the point is when you, and it, this is, what this demonstrates is that this syndrome of what I call taking off your smart hat and putting on Mm -hmm. your dumb, I'm just a volunteer hat is unacceptable, but it happens at an amazingly high level. And we've seen that play out in the media and it's just, it's almost embarrassing. Like I know these people, I know how smart they are. And I know that they run amazing schools slash businesses Yet when it comes to their incorporated associations, they just go, well, now we're just volunteers and we're just going to bitch and moan about it like everyone else. So when you're on a committee, don't take your smart hat off. When you're at work, when you're at home, you, you, you live in the real world. It's like there's this alternate universe that exists yeah. around incorporated associations. So when you get on a committee, you can do whatever the hell you like. And that's not the case. You should consider your role as a committee or board member in an incorporated association exactly the same way that you do in every other aspect of your life. I think that's a really good analogy that you've just stumbled upon there, which is the alternate universe. It is. It's fascinating. The number of clubs with which we've worked, associations with which we've worked, that have incredibly clever people on the board, really talented people who are uber successful in their own business or, you know, have climbed the corporate ladder and are really switched on and think with a business-like mindset at work. And then as soon as they step foot into their volunteer board or committee room, all of that just goes out the window. And that's such a huge loss for those organizations, for those organizations to not be tapping into that potential by virtue of the switched on people contributing in that way, it's, you know, a, a huge lost opportunity, in my opinion. I wonder just what something that came to mind when you were talking about, you know, this particular example, I wonder if, if there's more to this story in that the, the school, the GPS schools are really happy doing this. And the association is almost like a barrier behind which these principles can hide. And they can say, no, we're, we're not going to engage with you association as us, another association. 
we're, we're just going to completely ignore that correspondence. And, and it's almost as if they're communicating in a way that's different from how the principals would communicate with one another individually at a conference or in right. some other setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using the association's uh, legal status as an entity and saying, we're just going to hide behind this and we're not going to engage with you. Right. So if Trevor had written to Peter instead of AIC Incorporated writing to GPS Incorporated, maybe it would have received a response. I wonder. Yeah. You know, like the old, you get an email that includes you in the two field, but it also includes three or four other people. It's really easy to just ignore that email and not action it because you can hide behind the assumption that the other three or four people are going to do something about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Have I ever told you the story of everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody? Yes. I don't know if you've told our listeners though. (laughs) <laughs> let's make a note and come back to that no no i think we did i think we covered it a few weeks ago no i'm gonna read it anyway because i just found it this is a story about four people named everybody somebody anybody and nobody there was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it anybody could have done it but nobody did it somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job everybody thought anybody could do it but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did it <laughs> did what anybody could have done brilliant yeah now if you listen to that slowly and follow along it does all make sense yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but maybe there's a bit of maybe there's a bit of that in it so i wonder yeah Mm. but it's got another layer to it because you're hiding behind the association as you say so there's protection here that we as these really clever individuals can hide behind it so yeah that's the case and and Uh, look we've we've seen it as i say so many times there are countless stories which we could rattle off well, um, rattle me, rattle me one. Just give me one. So, uh, a rugby league club that we've we've done some work with over the course of a few years, some time ago, and ultimately it eventuated in the junior and the senior clubs, which were co-located, agreeing to amalgamate, and and that was a great outcome, and the club's doing really well now. But early on in our working partnership, I identified some key shortcomings in their business model, and one of them was that their senior players paid nothing to play rugby league each season. And instead their registration fees were covered by their major sponsor, which was a local pub. Now all of the players registration fees were covered by one sponsorship. Yeah. So the players good good sponsorship, but talk about putting your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. And the, the biggest problem with that was that the players grew to value their registration fees at zero dollars because they weren't paying anything Mm. so over the course of game syndrome yeah well exactly and they had also a bit of a superiority complex where they thought you know we're the senior a grade players and we've you know we've worked our way up the ladder and we've gotten to the point where we don't even need to pay our fees so it was you know the old privilege becomes a right very quickly adage anyway so sure enough the i i said guys this is a flawed <laughs> business model and we need to uh well unsustainable at best unsustainable yeah and what happens if the sponsor pulls their sponsorship which indeed they did a couple of years later so oh, then so those two years they didn't take heed they just <laughs> no in that they did bucket of sand absolutely yep edwina the emu style so <laughs> they uh, then had the sponsorship from the local pub pulled and i bu- I'm not certain, but I believe that was a, a, an economic decision that the um, the pub had made by virtue of you know needing to save some money. So and not necessarily bad behaviour from senior players at a pub function or something. Look, 
I'm not going to rule that out, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know that that was the case Um, because that's never ever happened before never no (laughs) sporting people getting rowdy in a pub (laughs) behaving badly so anyway that then the next problem with the the situation was that the club had uh you know grown somewhat reliant on this sponsor and the senior players were then called upon to pay their fees which was something that none of them did so you know through the course of the season you know, maybe a few players had paid all of their fees. And we're talking 120 bucks. So we're not talking a whole heap of money. And it got to the end of the year and, and the committee thought, oh gosh, you know, we've got to this point where we've got no one, very few people who've paid all their fees. What are we going to do? And someone came up with the great idea that, well, you know, if, if they don't pay their fees, then if they don't pay at least half of their fees, then they can't come to the presentation dinner. So the players saw value in that because they were going to turn up and get fed and get booze for a couple of hours. So they thought, great, I'll pay you 60 bucks and get my 60 bucks worth of booze in my belly. Thanks. The the problem here that really underpins uh, the issue that we're talking about today though, is that the committee was full of small and medium business owners who are really good at collecting debts. You know, these are people who day in, day out call upon people to pay invoices for work that they have done. And they just took that hat off when they were running the club, when they were sitting in that, that, that boardroom table. So, so these are the same people that sit around the, the kitchen table at home, writing invoices for consulting work that they've done, for instance, and they're not going to keep doing that consulting work. If that customer doesn't pay for a year or I've just installed a hot water system today. I'm doing my invoice for it tonight. They're not going to not do that invoice or not go and chase that that bad debt up exactly. if that yep. person doesn't pay. Or better yet, they're going to have the money in the bank before they go and incur the expense of buying the new hot water system and installing it. Yep. Just like a, a you know club run on good kind of business principles will do. You pay yep. up front, you get a discount, or you agree to pay in installments. So there's two things that I want to ask you then, Steve. On the first side, do you ever have situations where you are starting to tell this story and people look at you and go, yeah, what's wrong with that? It's the club. Yep. And on yep. the flip side, do you ever tell those stories and you see people like wake up and go, holy shit. That's me. <laughs> That's our club. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the, the there are those who will dig their heels in though. So the um, another story is a, a rugby club. Very, very smart bloke. And I met him in his office, a lawyer's office. He was Mm -hmm. the principal of the law firm. It was a meeting at five o'clock. So just at knockoff, I got there a little bit early as I tend to do. But getting there a little bit early gave me a chance to watch this business in action. And it was just a beautiful machine. The way that it worked, you know, that we got money coming in, we got um, budgeting, we got double billing, we're doing all the things that lawyers become very good at. And remember my adage about lawyers, this is what my friend lawyer says to me, says, Michael, 99% 99% of lawyers give the rest of us a bad name. So I'm not going to pass judgment on this guy <laughs> as a lawyer, but I tell you what, as a business as a business person, he knew what he was doing. Yep. And then five o'clock rolls around. I saw him stumble into the boardroom after a big day at work of just doing things very smartly. And he almost physically took off his right. I'm very good at business and I know how to run a good highfalutin law firm hat and put on his, now I'm just a grumpy volunteer hat who's going to sit here and bitch and moan about council. And he did. Now, the reason that I was there was to let them know, let this club know 
that the tenure model at council was changing and all of a sudden they were going to have to start paying for the electricity that they were using to turn on their lights for their games of rugby. And he said to me, paraphrasing probably, but the words could have been exactly this, how could council do that to us? How could council make an action like that that's going to drive us out of business? There's no way under the sun... Did I say that right? There's no there's no way on this green earth that old mate would say to, I don't know, his energy provider. It was probably Sequeb back then. There's no way he would say, how dare you put my law firm out of business by making me have to pay for the electricity that I use to run the air conditioners and the computers and the lights here all day. There's no way that he would do that. Yet when mm-hmm. it comes to the other business, the business of sport, it's exactly what he did. Yeah. So time for the takeaways. I think takeaway number one is, can we say, don't be a dick? (laughs) Seriously, it's business. Okay. It's not for profit business. That could be the takeaway in absolutely every episode of Basket Case Clubs. Couldn't it? Can I go one further, Stephen? So that could be the takeaway in life in In general. You know, like if everyone just went, oh, oh, there's a guy over in, in Russia at the moment who's, (laughs) <laughs> anyway so well, i love i love that adage that you know i think we've touted in previous podcast episodes certainly in our training and mentoring work if you don't know who in your club is the dick <laughs> it's probably you <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so yes leave your business hat on yeah just just run the club, not like a business, like the business it, it is and like the business it needs to be run as. And look, this is really easy in sport. It's a bit more complicated when we're dealing with craft groups and not-for-profit groups and charities who are providing services that our world needs, but we wish we didn't need them. So domestic <laughs> violence shelters, uh, women's support groups, cancer survivors networks. These are organisations that would be great if we didn't need them. Indigenous healthcare organisations, It'd be great if we lived in a world where everybody's healthy and everyone was able to look after themselves, but we don't. So that's at the non-cool end of the spectrum. But sport's at the cool end of the spectrum where mm. there is there is value in sport. It's part of the fabric on which our whole society is built. So it also has an intrinsic value. So the business model needs to charge enough for that to be able to run the business as you want to build it. So it's not to say that you've got to charge more than the $120 that the rugby league club was trying to charge its seniors. If it can build a sustainable business around a fee structure that looks like that, fantastic. There's some controls that fit around that, obviously. But that, that, as long that, as people are actually paying that twenty dollars, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also sitting here wondering where the money for the breakup came from. If they're using the fifty dollars to back pay the unpaid fees, yeah. But I'm sure that some an investigation onto what would be some enlightening reading, looking at their annual reports, their financial statements each year, would probably shed some light on it. Oh, and and you would undoubtedly uncover, should you dig not very deeply, that it was made up through the efforts of the small group of volunteers who do everything at the club. Yeah. What was that about sustainability? When yep. you've got a small group of people running around like blue ass flies, it, it's it, the sustainability of the club is going to rely on more people prepared to take on that job. And some people won't take on any job because they see the blue ass flies flying around them and they go, oh, there's no way I'm getting involved in that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes, takeaway number one, don't, <laughs> don't be a dick, but more, more specifically in this case, it's just don't, Take that smart hat off. Just yep. stay clever and keep all the way through and have some people to test, uh, to, to run some scenario planning. So you're sitting in, sitting in a committee meeting, 
just ask some questions. How does this smell is a good one. I like that. Like, does this smell funny if we do this? Mm. A word that a bit of a buzzword at the moment is what are the optics of this? Which means how does this look from the outside? Now, I've got a newspaper article here and a letter from the AIC that says that from the outside, this doesn't look too good. But I wonder yeah. who else has seen that. I wonder who mm. else has seen this shit fight between two groups of 17 very expensive colleges just hurling abuse at each well one side hurling well it's, it hasn't even been hurling abuse it's just been we're just going to not respond and yeah that's really hide mature, behind this association oh, yeah. yeah whatever it is whatever it is anyway look i, I just don't think that it's the, the i don't think the response is right from yep yes maybe the way around it if like i said if trevor just goes and talks to peter maybe they'll actually get somewhere and that's mm. what needs to happen but look it blew over it was in the newspaper a couple of days I got the email, interestingly, because I have a son at one of the schools. And so that's how I became alerted to it. And I thought, oh, there could be something for a Basket Case Clubs episode in this. And then I read it and I went, yippee! <laughs> <laughs> Today, dear listeners, you have now shared. So what are you going to do when one of these GPS schools comes a knocking and says, hey, can we uh, oh, can we have your tennis star we yeah, no that's a really good that's a really good point but we understand how ethan fits into school it's yeah pretty straightforward you know the, well yeah and that's assuming that that hasn't already happened steve yeah good point so yeah we're not we're not it's it's about the whole person and we understand yep. where sport fits in and we also understand our we understand our obligations as parents now we are obviously lucky, lucky that he's child number three. And so we don't have three lots of school fees to be paying. And so we can invest heavily in his sport and Mm. not everyone has that luxury, but we all have a role to play. And if that role, if, if you're a parent in this situation and you're thinking, Oh shit, I wish my kids were good enough, or maybe they are, and maybe I'll go and seek it. Have a conversation with your school. And that's exactly what, what we've done. Mm. And what you, what, what opportunities you can open up, what you find out that your school may be doing that you didn't know about. And I know this for sure, because I have two sons out of my three kids and you know, when they come home and say, how was school? Good. Did you learn anything? Yep. What'd you learn? Oh, you know, some stuff and things. Okay. <laughs> Great. The, the grunty monosyllabic answers that you Good get. Good investment I'm making in your education. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you go and talk to the, the, the head of sport and they say, right. So we've got this strengthening and conditioning program. We've got this fitness coach coming in. We've got this sports psychologist. You go, what the hell? You didn't tell me about that. So there might be things going on that you don't know about. So it's worth exploring. But look, communication is a pretty important part of it there from the parents' side, but it goes right back to the top as well. And in, in being a good business runner as a member of a management committee of an incorporated association means communicating really well. Yes. So yeah, get out there and do it. So on that note, I would like to thank you, Steve, for being back in the saddle. Thank you. It's it's nice to have you. And it's nice to be had. I just got to confirm Edwina, the emu is a book, right? Yeah, it is. It's a children's book. It's a great one. Can we call that a basket case clubs book reference? Yeah. (laughs) Shit. Do we have to pay royalties for that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can go and read Nick Renton's guide to meetings and organizations and learn all about governance, or you can go and read about an emu who sticks her head in a bucket of sand, (laughs) (laughs) which is metaphorically what you'd be doing in avoiding learning everything about meetings and organizations. So on that note, if if you're not already connected to us on social media, make sure that you do. Uh, CPR Group is where you'll find us. Connect with us on our website as well and sign up for our newsletter where we've got all all sorts of interesting information coming out at, well, 
usually monthly at least, but when we find new things like funny stories like this at Make a Basket Case Clubs episode or a new blog article, we'll also be putting it there. And until next time, Steve, I stay upright and enjoy being <laughs> mobile again. Thank you. Yes, for the well wishes. And uh, the next time we're together uh, and I drop a grape, please help. <laughs> it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> Thanks, Mick. I'll see you next time. <laughs> see ya. Bye.